Oh, this morning we talked about energy exertion, the fourth of six paramitas, and the idea is to talk about energy not so much the way it is used conventionally, but try to understand a, a deeper way that that works. And I can start right out with that word, deeper. So another uh, metaphor that has been used before. Um, so you can't make the surface of the water go deeper. It's the surface. So that's the relative truth. And the depth could be representative, a metaphor for the absolute or the the true nature of reality is everything under the surface. The surface is just what we're doing here, and everything else is under that. Just a metaphor is the way of talking about it. But it's the idea is that just like you can't take the center of the circle to the fringe and have it still be the center. If you take it to the center, then the circle disappears. So it's just a it's just a metaphor. It's it's difficult to find metaphors that really uh, are workable that don't somehow just either irritate us uh, <laughs> or or just not really help. So you might even think about that and maybe come up with a metaphor that would work for you. Um, the ultimate nature is the relative truth. Uh, comes up in the Tibetan, dundum. Comes up as relative truth, dundum. Not that you need to know those, but somehow knowing that these have been named centuries ago. Some, uh, uh, Sambridi Satya is a Indian philosophical before the time of the Buddha, Sambri Satya, if I've got my Sanskrit down. Sambri Satya is relative truth. Uh, Satya is truth. Sambridi is relative. Uh, Paramartha is uh, ultimate. And Satya is truth. So Paramartha Satya. The relative truth we can see up and down, back and forth, right? Wrong, yes. Is the energy in the, that the brain uses to like make your body do something physical and the energy the mind uses for say emotions and things like that are those the same energies or different uh they're well they're different energies because they're one is more subtle one is more gross so it's a just like we're uh the gross uh the gross level of uh of this sound now remember that sound Do you remember it mm -hmm. yeah, it's a subtle level it's the same thing same thing only subtle so you can, you can you can actually remember that, and you can and you can, and you'll, if you uh, if you practice it, you'll never forget it, and it, it'll always be there. Uh, whereas this can't be. I have to actually do this again. Whereas that that's in a in a dimension that is uh, uh, is closer. It's rel it's a relative way. It's a relative direction of how the absolute works. That's why sitting down and holding still and looking at the wall over a long period of time eventually that breaks through if you're if you're pushing slightly it won't if you're pulling slightly pushing aggression pulling away from anything that's arising if you're pushing on it <laughs> you're going to push on it for a long time if you're pulling out you're going to uh, so aggression passion and if you're shutting down on whatever's happening that's also a way of relating to it that tends to perpetuate whatever is happening but if you're doing none of those then that whole situation starts to collapse because it feeds off of being pushed or pulled or ignored, passion, aggression, and ignorance. And so um, that's the idea of sitting down uh, with sitting meditation, sitting down and watching, watching, and watching. Uh, some people teach it uh, differently. Uh, some people teach trying to train the mind to stay still. Uh, one of the ways is to sit 
hold very still and close the eyes and scan the body. And keep looking up and down the Theravadans, take that uh, approach, that approach of Vipassana. Uh, and then there's the uh, Shini Lakdam, yes. Yeah, we do a little bit of that though, don't we? You could. I mean, with keeping the senses you could. open. But there's no, yeah, but there's, yes, but there's no, there's no, uh, the difference is there's no fixating on it. Uh, one person might be doing that a little bit, another person might be just hanging out, watching, you know, watching the leaves fall. And then, then someone might uh, go back to doing, to following the breath for what's moving, so you can follow the breath. It's the, it's the tightening down on things that I uh, don't, I don't teach that. I'm trying to maintain a meditator who, you know, break it up into shanta vipassana, or uh, shini and lockdown, or uh, resting in tranquility and panoramic awareness. So the way I teach this is uh, uh, both at the same time. So that way, your mind may be may just spontaneously go into uh, the, the shamatha part. You know, the, the the looking at particles, thoughts, and things, and, and maybe watching the breath come and go and come and go and come and go, and then. Then it may uh, may go back into no reference point at all, which is uh, which approximates uh, vipassana or panoramic awareness. But but then it's your uh, particular karma or your causes and conditions of whatever you're dealing with is determining uh, what which one of those uh, you could call them disciplines that you're going to be working with. Uh, question? Anyone else? Christina. Could it be said that insight is sort of outside the realm of the three poisons when insight you know say we've been pushing and pulling and all of a sudden there's a insight probably there would there could be something there but it would be very low uh, very low density very low frequency uh probably not much but it might be the, the relationship to that might be part of what the what the insight is about that just to see that you're have insight that you're actually being aggressive in a really subtle way. Very subtle aggression is hard to see. The ego, self-centered mind, that part of the mind that thinks there is something that needs protecting, uh, also protects its ability to defend itself and, and has that as a, a modus operandi. Or is it operandi? Correct me, go ahead. Operandus, operandosity. I like that. <laughs> and in Poland, it's Operandikowski. It's no, it's fructose. It's not fructose. <laughs> only a only a, a person interested in growing fruit would say that fructose rhymes with fruit and toast. <laughs> okay, let's get serious. Yes. Okay. So um, uh, <laughs> okay. So. Is, it, is there a continuum? Mm -hmm. We move from the, the grosser levels yeah. into the uh, subtle levels, right? And and we have the mundane level, and we have the the esoteric level. And are are we aiming at trying to move along that spectrum with greater ease and facility, so we can? No, everything you described is uh, uh, relative. The minute you start to describe the absolute, or, I mean, the closest we can come is just say absolute, and even that is extra. So it's, it's setting up some kind of a, so you can't actually say it or describe it. I'm, I'm using the metaphor of uh, surface of the water and then the depth. So, but even that is, you know, it, it 
might help a little bit. Center of the circle and the fringe. Center is you and everything else is the fringe. So hope somewhat. So the uh, the way the, the way that's uh, talked about in the, the three modes, which some of you may be familiar with, uh, is uh, Paratantra or the re relative dependent origination that shows up as this is dependent on that, is dependent on that, dependent, 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 dependent. There's no solid self anywhere. There's just the interdependency. And then we, uh, then uh, Parikalpada, we impute or, or look at that situation and then we put names on everything and, and give a value to this and devalue that and, and separate things out, everything from things to our world and our philosophies and people and make it very complicated. And then uh, if one enters the spiritual path and practices uh, strengthening, to use the relative way, the awareness, so you're prioritizing the witnessing, seeing, uh, receiving part of the mind uh, rather than the part of the mind that adds things up, tears things down, or shuts away. You're, you're looking, you're using that to basically see deeply into the relative situation and uh, and to see the way we add on our ideas and our imagination uh, to that, to be able to see that totally, that actually what that is, this is called the perfected nature or Parinishpana. And this comes out of the Langavatara Sutra and uh, the teachings of Vasubandhu, uh, Asanga, I'm not sure, uh, Samadhi Nirmachana Sutra shows up lots of different places. <clears throat> it's called the three natures of the three own beings. And that's another structure for being able to see uh, the way relative and uh, relative truth, this dependent upon that, dependent upon that, dependent upon that, dependent origination uh, is um, modified or covered up by our ideas about it, our projections, our opinions, judgments, uh, beliefs, uh, disbeliefs, and so on, covers up the, the, the fundamental uh, nature of uh, dependent origination, so we can't see it, and we see that. So then, when we see through that, or see that that is happening that way, then everything is seen as dependently risen, and this is our or the perfected nature, or the complete nature. And again, so people in the past have thought about how this looks, and have come up with these these structures to help us, because these structures align with perhaps you could say. Uh, we don't know. There's no individual that this is attributed to, but it's just a way of using concepts to help encourage us to to continue to look and to try to see as deeply as we can into what is ever, whatever is occurring. Just like with the the, um, the teaching of uh, the fourfold negation of Nagarjuna, it's a it's quite a um, uh, if you if you follow it and contemplate it, it's kind of an interesting way that he takes everything and and it just takes everything apart, so it's hard to take a position on anything. Saying it's not, it's neither uh, this nor that, nor both, nor neither. So you can't can't find any solid entity, everything anywhere, because everything is dependent on everything else for its apparent identity. Question about the history with Nagarjuna's fourfold negation that you just said. I heard that was the second turning teachings. Is that true? Why, why would teaching. they need to come with the uh, third turning teachings in Buddha nature. to that? Yeah. 
because of Buddha nature. Emptiness comes back after it's been completely destroyed by Nagarjuna or by the emptiness teachings. Then, that's correct. So what's missing? Hmm? 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 Excuse, Excuse me, pardon me. Hmm? Excuse me, pardon me. Hmm? <laughs> so what's missing? What's missing from not this, not that, not neither, not both? Yeah. Is there anything missing from that? An affirmative statement. Okay. What would it be? Just this. And what is just this? Just this. And what's that? Hmm. Mm, progress. Keep going. Go ahead. Well, was the question, uh, if, if that's true in the second teaching, why was there a need for a third turning? It wasn't necessarily a need. For or why the third turning if that fourfold negation covered everything? I'm trying Apparently. to understand what the yeah. question yeah, is. That's what he said. Yeah. Apparently it didn't. <laughs> it covered everything. I feel what the question is. Well, it, it basically just takes everything down. But it doesn't. It doesn't account for uh, uh, this being Buddha nature. Yeah. Not separate from the Buddha. And we're not talking about a guy who lived 2,500 years ago. We're talking about awakened nature. Awakened, awakened nature. How, you know, uh, if you if you reflect on it, which I know we all have, how would you talk about it? How, how would you? Uh, and there are whole lineages that that don't talk about Buddha nature. That talk about Nagarjuna and the uh, Mula Madhyamika Karika, the root text on the, on the nature of uh, emptiness, which is what his, he wrote about. Anybody studied that text? We, have, we haven't studied that, I don't think, yet. Or have we? What is it? The root, root uh, Madhyamika Karika. Okay. Well, we probably won't. So, yes. Uh, that's the Hinayana, that's the, the provisional teachings, the Buddha, life of suffering, the cause, the desire, the goal, and the path, the 12 links in the chain of existence, the six realms, the, 12, uh, the, the three realms, and, and all the other wrinkles that they put into it that help us navigate all of that. And there, there's a lot of them. There, there's, there's, there's a lot. And then the second turning is the Yeah, that's the emptiness teachings. And then the, the third turning is the... Is the teachings on Buddha nature. And then there's some people who are saying there's a uh, some kind of a, a fourth turning that is some kind of special pointing out. And, uh, I can't think of what that guy's name is that claims to. Yeah. You know who it is? What? Yeah. Maybe he knows. Oh no, I just thought maybe she knew who it was. Is it the guy that does the hierarchy of spiritual development? Mm. Ken Wolf. It's not Ken Wolf. It's someone I think that is acquainted with him or knows him. Or and I'm not saying I'm not here to mock them or say that's wrong. Maybe maybe people need to. Maybe there's some people that can benefit by studying in that way. So that's all right. Further questions? How can we work with the concept of energy? So you asked a little bit about that earlier. Mm -hmm. So maybe maybe go into the area the area which you're talking about. Virya is energy. 
So the concept of energy is 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 not particular. Might be energetic, but it's it's using a concept about something that seems to be moving or seems to be have some kind of dynamism to it, like you know, they light a fire and all of a sudden there's all kinds of heat energy. Energy is sometimes said that energy is in everything. It's, you have to release it some way by changing its temperature releases it. So there's some kind of various things going on energetically. It seems to take lots of different forms, just like the heat in the body generated by food. So how does that work? I mean, how you would have to be probably study uh, biology about to see how that works. So I'm not sure where, what direction. I'd be happy to go there if, if I can. So um, for some reason, I'm having problems understanding why energy is a topic. And so I'm trying to find out. Okay, that. so the, the conventional, the Viria, the conventional <laughs> idea is uh, um, people, uh, um, there's a, the paramitas are generosity, and then uh, and then uh, discipline. Sometimes it's called morality, and then uh, shila, and then uh, kshanti, which is uh, patience or holding your seat and allowing things to uh, to manifest rather than rushing into things. So uh, giving, you know, giving. Uh, it's not exactly waiting. It's not the conventional waiting for things. It's just being where you're at. And it might not have a tick tock sound in the background. You're just there. And then you might even be mildly surprised when things start to go a different way. And then energy is about being uh, completely present. It's not about generating some kind of extra thing so we can accomplish something else. Uh, <clears throat> one of the simplest ways to understand it from the perspective of uh, awareness practice is to is when you you know you have a daily practice. Uh, yeah, so when you you have there's an energy that get when you leave the bathroom or whatever in your bed and you come out and you find your cushion, you sit down, there's some kind of physical energy. And then when you sit down, then there's a, another kind of energy that arises that is about just staying there and just watching, just seeing. There's an ener energetic uh, situation happening there that isn't, isn't exactly like, uh, you know, uh, pulling nails and twisting a screwdriver, you know, or uh, starting your lawnmower. It's, it, it has, a, um, it has a, a, a presence to it. That is very energetic. It's there's a there's a, an uh, alertness about what is happening, and there is a an ability to watch something happen so closely that the uh, over time the temptation to follow it is very strong. There's energy there pulling you, uh, pulling at you, and you acknowledge the energy, but you don't necessarily go with it. And by by not acknowledging the energy, you notice that what was pulling you actually has gone, but the energy is still there. Energy is yours. Energy is you don't have to create some other kind of thing to be meditative. You're all, just, as soon as you, this is what Dogen has been saying in the 13th century. Is as soon as you sit down, you're the Buddha. As soon as you as soon as you sit down, you watch things come and go, and you watch things come and go. But it, it doesn't it doesn't break up into pieces and take rip you off. It's your energy. It's your energy that sees it. And it is it is your energy that that uh, observes it leaving. It could be thought patterns. It could be worries about something at, at work. That by totally giving it your attention, totally complete generosity, completely giving your attention, uh, it it just does whatever it needs to do. It dies out, and the energy is still there. Still a tremendous amount of energy to to sit there. Sometimes we 
I talk about this uh, a little bit easier for people to see it if they've been sitting for a long time. I usually do it face to face. Have you noticed how, how after you sit for a long period, like all day or for several days, how kind of luxurious it is to sit and do absolutely nothing, you have nothing to do. You're just there. You're not exactly bored anymore. It's uh, what Trump and Pache call cool boredom. You're just there. You're hanging out. And you really don't care much about anything from the point of view of you don't care if the bell rings. You know, and, but then, of course, then the next day you can be right back to when the hell are you going to hit that damn bell? Jesus, key, whatever it is. You know that other part that my mother used to say. Yeah. Yes. A question. Yeah. Yeah. So is it sticking with hearing the Dharma and staying with Sangha that keeps kind of the inspiration energy that gets us to the Christian in the first place from becoming just a another habit energy i think it does because it's uh, if you if you keep relating to everyone you see that everyone has a different way of looking at this i mean it's so much different that sometimes you even wonder if somebody else somebody's even practicing buddhism uh i can tell you they, they are it just may not show up the way you way you're practicing it uh, if uh, i don't think of someone who practices uh for pretty strong for three or four months and then stops practicing for three or four months and doesn't do it at all and then i hear from them again and i don't think of that person who has, who has. even the people who have and there haven't been many but the people come and say i don't like you anymore i'm leaving <laughs> so they don't say that but they're more polite but they actually go another direction i don't think of them as someone who has failed and I'm, i know the dharma they you know they just didn't understand so i think that this is their their path is their karma i don't know what they should do so all I know is that they come to me and, and ask and want my help, I'll, I'll do my best. You know, just do the best I can. And so I hope that I can't, can't have, you know, ideal students. Well, I have one ideal student. You sit right there. You sleep? No, I'm not in the Are you writing down, I'm an ideal student? I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but everyone is at a different level. You know, everyone is, comes and it brings whatever energy they have, and then if that energy goes another way for a while, then you know, that's just what it does. There's no right or wrong way to do any of this. I just know that in our society, it's really hard to stay with it you know, without sangha. It's really hard to stay with it without listening to a teacher. Uh, you, really hard to learn this out of a book. Uh, if you just read books, even if they're by Dalai Lama you know, if, or Robert Thurman or other famous book writers. Um, difficult to difficult to do. It seems to it seems to be important to have a teacher and have a teaching that's uh, different levels of that, and then have a sangha or community of people who are coming together from their disparate backgrounds and and endeavoring to connect with this. This is a it's, it's, there's no there's no belief system. So the, the the glue here, as we were talking about earlier, the glue here is is your you're the one who I'm going to do this. And so in order to do this, you have to begin to understand energy. And one of the ways I was talking about it, and it could be talked about different ways, is you're sitting, and if you haven't, you know, you may be able to relate to this or not, but you watch things come and go. You watch anything that comes has its own energy with it. And then you'll notice that when, if you don't fight with it, if you don't push it, you don't pull on it, and you don't shut down on it, that when the, the content of that situation, which could be, an argument with your mate or something like that, when that falls away, that the energy does not follow it. 
energy is just energy. It doesn't have has no allegiance to anything. Uh, a forest fire will burn everything down. It's just I don't know how good that metaphor is, but it's, it's energy is just what energetic. <laughs> you know, uh, if you're a tree, <laughs> yeah, good luck. Different ways of uh, working with that. Uh, in the Tibetan tradition, there's they talk about transmuting. It's been such a difficult situation that they talk about transmuting negative energy. Even in, if you look at the Tibetan uh, uh, the various meditation deities, there's a Dorje Pranakchen. Dorje Pranakchen is a black-gowned one. He's got four arms. Well, one of them does four arms and big fangs and has a line in the center of his head, and he's black, and he's mean-looking. And he's a, he is a, a wrathful deity. doesn't mean that there's an actual person like that. He's, he's a representative of really, really intense negative energy that has been transmuted into wisdom. It's still negative energy, but it's been transmuted. So what does transmutation mean? Well, you, know, you can probably look it up. It's, it's a, tra a transmuted, transformed, trans, 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 uh, transsexual. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's all kinds of uses of that from going from one kind of form to another kind of form. Um, there's wrathful, there's peaceful deities, there's wrathful deities, there's semi-wrathful deities, and all those are tied into meditation practices uh, whereby the idea is to transmute negative energy into wisdom. So it's what that's acknowledging, if you haven't gotten there already, is that energy is energy. It's, it's, and, and, and if it's in the service of negativity, uh, the conventional kind where we see people be killed, you still have to transmute that energy. You can't, if you try to take the energy away from that, you've got a war in your hands. So you can't really, as I say, I've been saying for probably years is don't go to war with war. The other thing I say is lose the war. You, you can't, there, there really is no war. The war is in your mind. Lose the war. This doesn't mean that somebody won't maybe kill you. Sure, that's a risk, but the kind we're talking about in terms of our own internal issues <coughs> issues and so on, not, it hasn't, it's not that full blown yet. You almost have to go to you know, Syria to see where it's really full blown. And then it's, it's like it's, it's so far along it's really too late in that sense. I mean, I'm not saying it's not too late, but too late for us and our little measly little ability to work with things. So what can you do? Train your mind. So that when you go out into the world, that your your the compassion just radiates out of you without without a credential. Yes, sir. I'm not real sure how to post this question, but good. When I sit, uh, like today, sitting, a whole another kind of energy came up as I was sitting, and it was an energy that um, I don't know, kind of wanted to get up and leave leave it. Um, leave here. Leave here. Mm -hmm. no, yeah. leave, leave the room. Um, you didn't leave. I didn't leave. So what happened? But I didn't then? really transmute it either. It wasn't. I kind of endured it. Yeah. I mean, I watched it as best I could, and just. But is there? Are there? I guess I'm wondering. Does that you, come up often? Are there techniques for transmuting that? Yeah, you did. That? You, did. You, you did transmute it. I mean, you didn't do it with a with a particular technique. Yeah. But you could have, and there's ways to do that. But you, you did it by just. Uh, I mean, if you really believe that, you'd have left. So you didn't really believe it. You you felt it. <laughs> We're not saying it didn't feel like negativity or a bad smell or a bad feeling or uncomfortable or whatever, but you, but you didn't, but your inspiration to train your mind uh, was stronger. 
or, or you, you know, it would it would have kind of taken over and uh, and there you know people do that all the time. There are probably people that are no longer here today that left because of negative energy. But otherwise, they didn't have anything else to do. Just didn't want to be here anymore. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I mean, it's, it, it's and they haven't done anything wrong. They're just working with the energy as the best they can. And I I endeavor as a teacher to meet them where they're at if I can. It was negative in the sense of being highly uncomfortable and, and yeah. no place for it to go. Yeah, well, you're used to that. Pardon me? You're used to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so am I. And so everyone here has their own version of negativity and is working with it in different ways. So, yeah. more, more questions about that? Are fine. No, I wasn't sure if there was anywhere to go with the question. But, but that. The question is a good question. You're in, in a way, you're transmuting that because you're 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 not accepting it because you'd leave. You're not really rejecting it because you're. It doesn't sound like it from the way you're talking about it. It was just there, hung out for a while, and you sounds like you looked at it for a while, and then it either ran out of energy or somebody hit the gong. Time to eat lunch. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it works like that. It's like we just. Just don't uh, don't do anything about it. Don't don't believe it. This doesn't mean don't feel it, because if you if you don't believe it, the feeling could even get stronger because there's like a some kind of energy that is that has been kept down by disbelief, or that it can been kept down by some kind of a reaction to it. That when you just don't believe it or disbelieve it, you don't do any, take any position on it. It becomes, uh, uh, you could say, liberated. So then, then it can just rush through you. But it doesn't last long. It, the only way it's going to last long is out of fixation. I don't like that. We're out of fixation. Well, that's because of what they did, and that's because of this or that. Yes. Yeah. What it feels like is it feels like it, that I'm ignoring something, and that ignorance is creating an energy. That's what it feels. Like. That's, well, that's, that's what do I call that? Awareness. And I do. It's awareness. Just. You're just aware of a particular way that your mind is is functioning in that particular time. That may happen for the next 20 years. It may happen for two more weeks. It may never happen again. And uh, the important thing to hear this old man say is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're here. This is the truth uh, from the point of view of what you see. Not from what I see. It's what you see. There isn't. I'll say it this way. You can ask questions about this, but I'm going to use this uh, gentleman here as a, a, a point of uh, to make a, a point. There isn't anyone but you. There isn't anyone else. I can say that about everyone here. There isn't anyone but you. Your your consciousness is not separate from the universe, from from the from the, from the Buddha. It's Buddha nature. When you realize this, your 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 grandfathered in, your grandmothered in, and whatever other one you can think of. You're, you're, you just know that you're not separate. You're not separate from the trees, the birds, uh, the dog poop, which I'm sure is, you've missed a few of those uh, out there. Huh? Are you stepping in? Well, yeah. Today? That's what I know about it. Today? I've never stepped in it. Yes, you have. Oh, I have it. Oh, that was at one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not separate. That's an that's a astonishing thing to... Not only just to say, but also there isn't anyone but you. It's, a, it's just you know to actually re realize that is is ordinary and profound. And again, not you can't find two things. Anytime you find two things, uh, they're both the same and different. Sandokai, they're the same, same, but they're different. Both fingers, but they're 
two different fingers. Same thing with that Buddha nature and complete delusion, not separate. Yes. And why is it that even when he talks about it or we talk about it, it's like the watcher, and the watcher is calling it an it. I have, it feels like, so there's somebody there watching the it, and it almost is like two different energies. So is that, <laughs> is that the two we're talking about? Yeah, that's the not two. Or the not two, because the person watching it is the same experiencing it. <laughs> yes and no. And not being, not trying to be difficult, but it, it is a yes and no. It would have to be because we're using relative uh, concepts, structures, names, forms, ideas, uh, elaborations on things. It would have to be both and neither, as Nagarjuna talked about. Not this, not that, not both, that, neither. Fourfold, not this, one, not that, two, not both, three, not neither, four. Yes. Now you forgot about five, which is Buddha nature. Yes. Okay. Well, good to see you. Don't go out the window. Don't take the motorcycle. Yes. <laughs> yes. You named this talk this afternoon uh, Sandru, uh, mm -hmm. um, energy. Not energy. Uh, uh, exertion. Exertion. Okay. So is there, I realize there are two different languages. Viria and yeah. Sandru, but was there anything else in those two? So Viria is Sanskrit and Sandru is a Tibetan. <coughs> and um, I guess I just did that for fun oh. because I didn't know what else to name it. It's just the second talk on exertion or energy or Sandru or Viria. Uh, so the Tibetans uh, kind of appropriated the whole thing and then started using their own language too. Uh, talk about uh, about everything. There are things written in Sanskrit that they've translated into Tibetan that sometimes you can't even find the original Sanskrit, so it's a good thing they did. Same thing with Chinese. There's things in Chinese that were originally in Sanskrit. Further questions on... Uh, yes? Um, so, if I understand you correctly, is it true that then if, we, if the energy already exists, there's no need to cultivate it? Is there a need to cultivate energy? I don't think so. I mean, in the, in the context of uh, meditation practice, awareness practice, energy is it's already present. So it's a matter of sitting down, holding still, and watching what moves. And by watching what is moving, that, and then you can see the energetic aspect of the mind, the way the mind uh, functions, the way we function to cover up things we, that are difficult or painful or irritating, the way we support or fluff up things we like or help us to feel better uh, and, and aggression push things uh, down uh, ignore things rather cut things off ignorance look at it, distract yourself into something else <clears throat> so we all know about passion and aggression those kinds of energies and uh, the one that's more difficult to see is the ignoring part where we just we're into something and and it's 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 almost like we we just turn away without even realizing we're turning away we, we, we kind of had it up to here with something, 
And but instead of being aggressive with it or, or being uh, passionate about it or changing it or arguing with it or we just turn away, go somewhere else. Whoop, time to go. Try to catch a bus. No buses. Yeah, I know, but I catch something. Catch an Uber or a Lyft. I'd rather get a taxi. So, because. So, what if we don't seem to be able to, if we don't cultivate or generate energy, what if we find we can't get to the cushion that we're somehow lacking in? Well, so, how do we handle that? I think it's important to find a way to do that. And sometimes I suggest to people that they just, it's a, it's a, it's a, if the interest is there and the inspiration is there, you can probably out of the 24 hours in the day, you could probably get, I think getting to it is important. Staying there for a long time is, is important. Uh, initially, it's first we have to actually come back and sit down for a few minutes. So that that's how I would say it. If, if there's enough energy to study the Dharma, there's enough energy energy to uh, work with Sangha, and to then there's probably enough energy to spend five minutes on the cushion somewhere. You know, uh, is that what you're asking me about? Yeah, just schedule uh, every every morning at you know, six o'clock. I sit, I sit, and you could start out with five minutes. I had um, somebody uh, a couple of years ago had trouble, sit, couldn't get there at all. And I said, "Well, start with go and sit for a minute. Let me know when you do that." And then, and I, then I say every every day add another minute. And I did that till they got up to about an hour and fifteen minutes. A couple of months to do that. And then they, then they went along for quite some time, around a year, so I'm sitting quite a bit. And then uh, <clears throat> life changes and so on came up, different things happened. And that person is not really in touch, a little bit, but not much right now. So, But I don't know what they need. I know it's, I know it's, I don't know what it's like to be them and their life and their, so there's, no, there's nothing wrong. I'm not sitting back thinking, oh, it's terrible. Or, Gee, you made all that progress. And, you know, I, would, I would never say that to them. I wouldn't say much to them at all unless they contacted me. And and I think, uh, no, I think, I feel that that's about respecting everyone's path. Respect the person next door who will never practice the Dharma. But just, be, you know, respect them for what they're involved with, their, their cat, their dog, their lawnmower, their job, their whatever they're talking about. Just give them, give them as I said, et cetera, give them your attention. It's very easy to do. It's so easy to just listen to someone, even if it's kind of crazy talk. But you can listen, <laughs> listen to what they say. You know, what, what do they say? And then, look, not not interrogation, but a little bit of inquiry. So, how do you? Why do you feel that way? So, uh, another really good one. People, you can people don't need to be jump started particularly. Once the people start, you can just or you can just say, you can turn your head slightly and say, "How do you mean?" And they'll go into another three or four paragraphs. But it's about the relationship. It's about the communication with the person. It might not be a lot of communication. It might not be uh, anything but just surface of the water. Uh, that person, the way they go down is to actually um, uh, point to the surface of the water and say that's their spiritual path. If, if you can get on the topic of spiritual path, there's no, there's no depth. And that's not. I don't mean that criticizing. I'm just saying it's just, it's just a description. It's not, a, not bad. Question. So, um, talk about transmuting energy. In the Lanka, they talked about the paramitas in terms of the mundane, the spiritual, and the transcendent of all of them, including Virya. 
it reminds me of what you said about transmuting. Is there ever dissipation? Or is that, is that running yeah, on? Yeah, you mean like... Uh, like um, the energy is coming like aggression or anger um, dissipated, like doing something else or not looking at it, pulling things off. So the way that's the teaching that I like is the, the four karmas. It's pacifying, enriching, magnetizing, and destroying. So if, if, if is that what you're talking about, something like that, where your energy is coming at you and you pacify it? Yeah. Or, yeah. It feels like energy coming at you or your own yeah. if you're sitting on cushion. Uh, use those to your, yourself to pacify. I'm not sure if, what your question is. Um, in terms of transmuting, it seems like sometimes when things get really hot, you do something to cool that down, change directions. Is that dissipating and ignoring? Well, it could be. When I say it could be, there's lots of ways that could show up. If, you, if it's dissipating and you're, uh, and you're aware, your awareness is all pervasive around that, then there's uh, probably not much ignoring going on. There might be a lack of uh, focus on something. So. Due to the, the awareness spreading around, when we start to focus the awareness, you can't see everywhere at once if you're looking at that. Well, let's say if there's anything, um, energy of a sad emotion or a mad emotion, going for a, a, a walk or a run or yeah. physically moving yeah. around, um, is that ever, is, I mean, when should we do that and when should we just look at it? That's something you're, you'll know. There's, a, there's no when to it. There's no like, well, this happens. And, you know, oh, that's happening. Well, don't do it that way. Now I'll do this. Oh, wait, give me a call when this happens. I'll interrogate you and say, uh, move to the left. No, you're going to have to go straight up. Left and right aren't going to work. You need to send me money. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, I'm being silly, but I'm just saying if you're in it and you're endeavoring to see things as clearly as you can, then probably you, you'll, you'll function out of what, uh, uh, out of what it, uh, how it appears. It's situational, just like the, what we've talked about before is a situation ethics. You know, to lay a bunch of rules of ethics down is, is it's just uh, childish. And it's a, uh, it's a, I call it a, uh, FC, Frady Cat. People should have some guts, you know, let's, let's live our life in this, Open dimension, and and and, and use uh, ethics should ethics should be or could be or might be, and it's possible for them to be situational. So you see how you should function in the situation out of respect for others, respect for yourself, and respecting natural boundaries. And you aren't going to see natural boundaries uh, if you're operating out of artificial ones called ethics. Don't do this. Don't do this. You do this. Don't do that. That's why when I said to uh, Kovanchuna Roshi uh, back in the early 90s, when I said, I'd like to take the precepts with you, he said, you don't take precepts, you observe them. That was very, very humiliating for me to be corrected. After all I, all the time I've been meditating, he's correcting me. He must either think I wouldn't be a good student or else I'm so advanced, I don't need a teacher. Uh, what, other, what other things do I come up with? Um, there's got to be other ones. I still don't know what he meant. All I know is uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought about I'm a fool. And he was just pointing that out to me. And so here I am, a fool. And you guys are listening to me. <laughs> and that's what I'm 
Fool watchers. <laughs> if are you are you foolish if you're watching a fool? No, you're just at the circus. <laughs> um, so more around that, around anything. Uh, awareness and energy. Does energy or does awareness take energy? Well, I think so. It's, so if we have energy, are we expending it yeah. for awareness? Like I'm giving you my attention. That takes energy. I'm giving my attention to Jim. It takes energy. As soon as I do that, my awareness sees how this this down here starts to get, how it starts to die down because I'm now I'm looking at Jim or now I'm looking at Ann. I almost called you by another name. Yeah. No, not that one. Let's call you Jane. Jane Johnson. So more. So um, if you're giving me energy by looking at me, am I gaining energy or is know. it just taking energy? I, I don't know. I, I'm giving you my attention. I'm giving you my attention. I'm giving Kozan my attention. I'm giving Gary. I'm, 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 I'm my attention. I'm giving you my attention. So there's a kind of giving. And, it's, and it takes energy to, to be able to not only just move my neck, but to see and to takes it's energetic I, I mean I'm alive you're alive we're here and if I'm and if I give you my attention I'm also at the same time I'm giving you my, my giving you my attention I'm also receiving everything that's coming this way in terms of my perception my perception of, uh, of seeing at the same time I'm seeing you I'm also seeing anything that uh, if I'm clear I'm also seeing the degree to which I'm making up stuff about you and adding that on as if that was you. Uh, it's not about stopping that. If you try to stop it, then then it gets too strategic. Then we're trying to be somebody who doesn't do that, and that tends to um, be um, tends to just build up in a way that's harder to see. It's uh, still uh, self-centered. But if if I just give you my attention, whatever comes this way, if I just see it, I'm not talking about separating it out. Well, here's the here's the part where I'm really seeing who you are, really re receiving who you are. And then, then there's the part where I'm adding on that you're this or that or some kind of a judgment or evaluation or some kind of, to see all that, to see that clearly is, is just to give your attention. And it, there's a tremendous amount of energy that happens in that area. And you, mm -hmm. So when we're on the cushion and... Looking at the wall. Mm -hmm. what? what is happening with energy there? Are we expending it? Uh, energy? Uh, energy is without by, even, pardon me. By observing. Yeah. There'll be, there'll be an energetic, uh, you know how, it, what it takes. It takes energy to stay here. It takes energy. And then when something comes up, you know, similar to what Jim was saying, some kind of, you know, like, I don't want to be here feeling or however that was manifesting, then it takes energy to, to use that as awareness rather than as something you should do. It's, it's, it's just because you have an emotion, that doesn't necessarily mean you should do something about it. Because doing something about it can be an active ignoring or distraction. You know, you don't want that feeling anymore, so you're going to run away. Uh, whereas what he's doing, not particularly a compliment, because everybody's doing their own version of that, but just uh, an observation. That, that's how it looks here. I don't know for sure, but it looks like you're there. Negativity arises. The energy of negativity arises, and it roils around a little bit. 
And you can say, which is, uh, um, if you have questions, please ask, and I'll, I'll, and I'll hear what I'm saying at the same time because I'm interested in, about, in this quite a bit. You could say that by, by just being there, that you're transmuting that energy into the, the energy to be able to stay there and sit. The very energy of the negativity, because you're looking at it, you're not buying it, you're not selling it, you're not, uh, you're not following its orders, uh, you're not <clears throat> necessarily trying to get rid of it, you're just, uh, near as I can tell by the way you describe it, you're just observing it. <clears throat> you're giving it your attention, so therefore, energy, energy doesn't belong to anybody. So the very energy that you're witnessing of negativity is actually uh, being transmuted into energy to be able to hold your seat, sit there and look at the wall. Yes? More about that in, in the, um, but it's not on the cushion, it's in the Monday. Mm -hmm. So I was listening about uh, ethics, and the concept was moral distress, described as when there's something that some action you want to take, and you are constrained by circumstance from taking that. By circumstance. Okay. By circumstance. And you are constrained. You cannot. Like the law? Yes. Okay. You cannot do what is yes. right. Okay. So I've so I was. I'm getting excited I, now. I had that experience. I'm so getting I was excited. Calling it and good. <laughs> so, so I was in that experience in a meeting, and I was enraged, enraged, yeah. which is typical for me, and I ex expressed that in a way that's not typical for me. Can you share what you said? Or? Oh, I think I, I threw a business card and said, well, this is the person you need to talk to. And it was just, it was a situation. No. It, it was just very distressing. I wanted okay. to take care of this kid. I Actually, I did. Mm -hmm. So this is after the fact. I was being, no. my hands were being slapped. Um, so, and that is, a, that's damaging to, I mean, I, I really do believe that that is damaging to the body to be enraged and have that roiling around. And so... The thought of what to do with that, transmuting that in on the fly in the situation, what would that look like? How would that be accomplished? So once uh, this is happening, it has to do with the child and somebody is uh, treating this using some kind of an arbitrary rule to instead of working with this as it is and mm -hmm. fundamentally helping the child, I'm gathering for you, they're using a law uh, or a rule or whatever it may be. And uh, if I could go a little further, I'm not sure about this, but you can let me know. It looks like this is just a power trip. Somebody's in, an adult. Is that what it is? Or is it, are they, are they projecting that they're protect or they're protecting this person? They are protecting the institution. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and if you, are there and your intention is to help at all, and then you can see this person's going to do this and they're not that this is not going to be helpful to this child and then you the sparks start to come up inside of you uh you may not be able to stop that but you can be very aware of what's happening in that area you can just just be aware of it and i i, I wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily go in the area of how can i control that next time or how can i that that's it might be better to, to just say, if that something like that happens again, I'm just going to be as aware as I can. I just, uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to go in and manipulate so you act better, so you act like a nicer, more 
nothing lasts. Even that, that situation is gone, but that will come back if you fight it. If you try to be somebody else, then that situation can, that same gargoyle can arise again because you've, you've created a situation by your response to it. Do you follow me a little bit? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you have to be careful of the right and wrong part. You have to realize that it's a it's a complicated situation where there is no causes and conditions arise from beginningless time, and they're really really complicated. And I want to start swearing right now because they're complicated. And and I just want to say, when that happens again, just be as present as you can. Look in that child's eyes. Look in the eyes of the person. Uh, be uh, keep the business card in your hand if you can. But that's a very simple thing. You know, uh, the other thing you can do is if that comes up again and you want to uh, pull the business card out as if you're going to throw it, but then just turn it around in your hand. So do something very, very, watch the same body language because the body language is going to, this is a body speech in mind. Your body language is going to be probably the only one you have access to can control thought patterns. You, you have a say so about the body. So uh, watch what the body is doing in that area and trust that. And you'll find there's a tremendous amount of uh, uh, stillness in the body, even when, when you're really pissed off. There's a lot of stillness in there. You can just take that business card and turn it around. You might still slam it. There has to be a willingness to throw it in their face or whatever or whatever you did before. It's never going to happen exactly that way, but it, something could happen, and, and you could realize that there's a whole lot going on with the body uh, situation in there. Probably the not only the child but probably the other person has has no idea to even have a body. I mean, an actual physical form. They they are up in their mental situation. You any question about that or anything? And it's not really a solution so much as it's just a way of. So what I'm endeavoring to to help you with is uh, is to not try to stop that. Is to it's it's a it's a dharma gate for you. Mm-hmm. So when that comes up again, then Rather than look at trying to get you to feel better, mm-hmm. use it as a dharma gate. Use it as a way to understand your own your own neurosis, your own anger, your own situation. So that when I say so that, I'm saying uh, you're going to receive uh, jukine. And so this is going to put you on a little bit different track than the one you've been on. And uh, it's about uh, others come first. It's, it's a, and, until you see there are no others, then... Uh, you're there isn't anybody but you, so then you can't. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. So thinking about dissipating or pacifying, not particularly helpful in that situation. <laughs> Don't have to worry about that. Dissipating, pacify. You're way beyond the pacification area. There, you're you're well into. Uh, if you threw a card, you're well into destroying. <laughs> yeah, you know you you know get out of here. Good luck. <laughs> You know, here, take this beer can with you. <laughs> so, but, so, and but, you, know, you could, you, if you if you see that sooner, you could use, uh, you could pacify the situation. You could magnetize, uh, magnetize it mean, means to take the energy you see roiling around there as as uh, ignorance or confusion or passion, aggression, and ignorance, and, and uh, you can skillfully pull that into your territory. You can you can make them an ally of yours if you, if you can see what they're really doing, you can actually join them. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah, it's too late. You're you're already way down the pike, and that person hadn't done anything but just uh, 
ignore the whole thing, probably the, from the time they were born, the time, at least the time they got up that morning. Yeah. Yeah, so don't. Yeah. So don't. Yeah. Don't. Don't correct. Don't correct. Just. It, it, it's. Uh, it's kind of self-correcting. You could say. I hesitate to say that, but it's like it's more like that. You see it so clearly that it just whatever needs to happen will will happen. If it doesn't need to happen, it won't happen. You don't really need to win. Not a war, especially not a war if you don't fight. You just. But that you might have to have a little bit of a delay in there. They're turning the card around. Shane has a question. Shane would have a question. Yeah, from uh, Texas. Shane. Yes, Shane is going to Texas. Way from Texas. What time is it in Texas? It's 4 o'clock. Or is it 3 o'clock? Well, it's 3 o'clock. He asks, um, what is the mirror-like wisdom that arises when the Vajra energy is transmuted? You ask me that. <laughs> you know that secret teaching. <laughs> So Vajra just means adamantine or indestructible. <clears throat> the mirror-like wisdom is everywhere you everywhere you look, you 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 don't see anything else, and there there's nothing left to transmute. So even even highly negative energy is yours. Everything belongs to you. You're totally responsible for everything from now on. You might not look like that, and might not look like that's what's going on to others. Now, there's a what is it? It's, I think it's in Atisha's Seven Points of Mind Training. One of the slogans in there is uh, uh, one of the relatives, uh, Bodhicitta, is, uh, I think it's drive all blames into one, which means you're responsible for everything. If there's anything to blame, give it to me. I mean, you may not say that. We're not talking about uh, affecting some kind of uh, something out there. We're talking about just this. I'll take it. And the only way you can really take this, take that without somehow damaging yourself, if you know there isn't anyone there, there isn't, there isn't anyone. And this is a uh, just a relative way of working with it until at some point you actually tra uh, transcend everything. So there's no, you don't even have to do that anymore. That happens without you even doing it because you, you don't see any separation. anymore. So you don't even blame this. You don't blame anything, as it says in the, uh, teachings all dharmas are without blame so anything that shows up as something which is a dharma it's without any perpetrator any other any final question everybody ready to go home and watch uh, South Park <laughs> <laughs> nah okay my friends thank you so much <laughs>